Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. And good morning, church. Sure good to see you this morning. Trust you're having a good morning. And uh, trust you had a good week. Yeah? Everybody doing well? It's okay to smile. It doesn't hurt. At least not for some of us, it doesn't. Right? It comes kind of natural. We're sure glad you're here. It's good to see some folks who have been out sick back with us. God bless you. We're glad you're here today. And uh, uh, Matt, if you would, just turn me down a little bit. I'm really whispering right now. And I don't want to blow you out of here, right? Hey, you know, our theme for uh, 2023 has been everywhere, listed everywhere. You see it everywhere. Of course, you see the banners behind us. It's be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, correct? And so what we did is we put together all kinds of neat things for you at the beginning of the year, but maybe you missed out or maybe you'd like to have a few more. So we have these these, uh, neat little uh, vinyl stickers you know, and you can pick these up. I have one on the back of my truck. And you know what somebody did to me not long ago? Somebody put a Dallas Cowboys sticker on the back of my truck. It wasn't Tyler. I know who it was. I know exactly who it was. And I didn't even know it. I had my Eagle sticker. I had my Be Strong in the Lord. And they put that, you know. And I was wondering why everybody was just giving me dirty looks as I was driving around the community. But... Uh, so if you like, if you like to pick up one of these and, you know, back of your car, refrigerator, uh, somebody's forehead, it doesn't matter where you put it, it'll stick, you know, uh, at the welcome desk at the end of service, you can go by there and pick up one of these neat little stickers. And, and also, I think we have some of the uh, vision booklets that we gave out for this upcoming uh, year and to list some of, the, some of the things the Lord's laid upon our heart to accomplish this year. And we're well on our way in accomplishing uh, what the Lord has uh, laid on our hearts. And so we're excited about that. Join me, if you would, in the book of James this morning and uh, the third chapter, James chapter 3. I bring greetings from uh, my dear wife, Donna. She misses you and she loves you and she's doing really well. Uh, we're hoping that maybe, maybe next week she might be able to be here. Now, you're not going to be able to hug her or get near her. I got her in a bubble. We got her in bubble, just in bubble wrap right now. You know, I got it all wrapped up. Uh, but she's really doing good, and we're thanking the Lord for that. Thank you for your care and your love and your prayers, and it's just been overwhelming to her. It really has. Every day, she receives a get well something, you know, a call, a card, a text, a gift, you know, and so thank you so much for being so kind. We really do appreciate that. James chapter number three, and uh, what you find here, I want to focus in on the first 12 verses this morning. Uh, but I want to begin just by looking at verse 1 and 2 and make a few comments, and, and then we'll move on. Look at James chapter 3, verse number 1. The Bible says, now, my brethren, be not many masters. You, could put, you can put there for the word master, you can put teacher or uh, leader 
or someone who has authority over someone else, right? So a lot of us in this room would qualify for that text of Scripture. Say amen right there. Yeah, we would, because many of us, uh, how many of us are parents, right? And then some of us are educators, you know, and or some, some are employers, right? Or maybe we have some folk, uh, you know, kind of put under our authority. And so he says, uh, be not many masters. Why is that, James? Knowing that, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For that word condemnation, you can put the word judgment. So in other words, what he's saying is this, for those of us who have authority, you, you need to be really careful because you're going to give an answer one day for how you used your authority. Does that make sense? Right? You with me? Look at verse number two. He says, for in many, in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a, say with me, perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Now that word perfect there just basically means, I'm gonna, if you don't mind, I'm going to shed this jacket because it really does get warm up here. But that word perfect there simply means, uh, we would say mature, right? I, I think we can kind of switch the word there and not lose anything in the translation, right? So James is talking here uh, in verse number two about the mature man. And, and that's not the first time he speaks to us about the mature man. Uh, guys, are you with me? I don't have my remote, so stay with me if you would. Uh, and what you find is this, he's already shared some characteristics in our study, chapter 1, chapter 2, about the mature man. Uh, for example, in chapter number 1, if you remember, he said this about the mature man, the mature man is patient in times of trouble. He's patient in times of trouble. Can you think back to chapter number 1? He said this, he said, my brethren count it all joy when you fall into what? We would say different kind of troubles or trials, right? Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh and let patience have her, that ye may be mature. Same word, perfect, mature, right? Uh, Well-rounded, completed, you know, uh, growing in your Christian experience. In chapter number two, he said this about the, the, the mature man. He said the mature man practices the truth, right? And so uh, those of us who mm, we've been around Christ for some time, we have a little bit of Bible under our belt. Are you with me? Uh, we try to do our very best to live out. We try to live out. We try to live out the Word of God. It's not so much in what we know. Remember we talked about that last week? Not in what we know. It's in what we do. Our faith must become visible, right? And then James shares another quality of the mature man in chapter number 3. And here's what he says in chapter 3. We're going to discuss this in just a moment. He says this about the mature man. He's capable, he's able now get this, to control his speech. Say amen right there. That just knocked me off the list. Are you here today? Huh? You should have laughed when I said that or said amen when I said that. It just knocked me off the list. And, and, so, and so what James is doing for us, uh, what he's doing for his readers, is he's, he's trying to give them uh, the nuts and bolts on becoming what God would have us to be. And this text of Scripture, I tell you what, uh, this has been a favorite of mine for many, many years. And I'll never forget the very first time I preached it a long, long time ago. And I've always enjoyed reading it, studying it, and then preaching it. And so, but the way I'm going to preach it today is not how I've ever preached it before, okay? I'm going to preach it sitting down this morning. No, I'm just 
But I want you to see something. Think about this with me. Let me, let me introduce this thought. Think about, think about the composition of speech, right? What, what, what comes together? What, what comprises speech? Well, we know this, words, right? That wasn't, that wasn't anything new. You talk about speech, we're speaking about words, right? I, I get it, and I get it. I get, you know, also their sign language, and I get it. But for the most part, we're speaking, you know, speech is comprised of words, right? But not only that, also thoughts, thoughts, right? I remember, I remember, being, a, uh, I remember being a kid, and my father would, would, would sometimes say to me, would you please think before you speak? Hello? Did you ever hear that before? Huh? And so basically what that means is simply this. Our words are, 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 our words are just thoughts coming out of our mouth. Did you ever hear this terminology? Uh, don't worry about it. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just thinking out loud. Right? So what, what, what is the composition of speech? Now, now stay with me. Uh, speech is comprised of our words and then our thoughts, but also our intention, our motivation. We might, say, we, we might say it this way, uh, why am I speaking? Right? So before you speak a word, you have a thought, and before you have a thought, you have a reason. What's the purpose of my speaking? And sometimes, honestly, we ought to be quiet. Amen? Huh? And then I would add this. I'd add this. I hope you're writing this down because this is good stuff. Uh, I would say this, uh, our tone, our tone, come on, man, did you ever get in trouble for your tone, huh, I, I oftentimes, you know, we had growing up, uh, Don and I, we have, we've had four children, and, and oftentimes, now, when they got a little older and felt a little bit more freedom, you know, they would say, Dad, why, why, you're, you're, they, they wouldn't use these educated words like I am today, they would never say, Dad, your tone is really, you know, but they would get all kind of, you know, indifferent. And I said, what's the matter? Well, Dad, it's not so much what you just said. It's, it's how you said it. Are you with me? All right, can, can, you put, can you put that all together? Now, think about this. James says in chapter number 3, he's giving us a quality, a characteristic of a mature man or a mature Christian. And he says this, uh, it, it, basically, we're able to control what comes out of our mouth. He uses the word tongue, right? We're able to control our tongue. Are you with me? And, and he causes us to, to realize that, you know, our words are nothing more than our thoughts, and our thoughts are nothing more than the intention and motivation of our heart. Are you with me? And as we share it, we, I love that text of Scripture where it says, speaking the truth in love. In other words, what he's saying is this, when you're going to share, especially the Word of God, make sure you have the right tone. Huh? Are you with me? You know, every once in a while, you know, as a preacher, I've been preaching for a couple of years, you know. And every once in a while, uh, when I want to share something intricate in the Word of God, Instead of being bombastic and animated and, and loud, I just get real quiet. So, you know, the Lord said, and the tone really drives it home. But then when I get to preaching about the devil, I don't say the little fellow with the little pitch tail. You know? No, man, I just get animated and fired up. And why? Because the tone 
drives it home. Are you with me? Huh? And so what James is saying to us here is basically this. A mature man, all of us, we ought to learn how to control the words that come out of our mouth. In other words, let's cut to the chase. We need to learn how to control our tongue. Amen. Huh? I like that. Last week, I think the title of the message last week was, anybody remember? It was a little song. What was it? Come on, help me out here. What? Oh, uh, if you're saved and you know it, then your life will surely show it. I'm just showing you how deep I am. Right? Today is, oh, be careful, little tongue. <laughs> I'm deep. Huh? But that's so true. Why? Because the Lord up above is looking down with love, so be careful, be careful of the words you speak, in other words. Are you familiar with, are you, are you aware of the fact that our God is a speaking God? Our God speaks. Huh. In fact, the Bible says that he spoke, he spoke the world into existence, and Hebrews tells us that the universe is upheld by his spoken word. Huh? And the second person of the Godhead who is, the second person of the Godhead who is Jesus also has the name, the word of God, the word of God. In fact, the Bible says he spoke us into existence. And part of uh, our existence is we're created in his image. And so he's given us the ability to communicate using speech, <laughs> right? And so having said that, you have to understand that how we say what we say really matters to God. Did you get that? How we say what we say really matters to God, you know? I used to be around some people, they used to say this, they would be offensive with their words. You'd kind of come back at them with, and here's what they would say. Here's their response. That's just the way I am. And you know what I wanted to say to them? Well, then you ought to change the way you are. Because you're offensive. You're offensive. You put people off. Well, I, don't, I didn't mean it to that way, but that's the way it came off. Hello? And so James is trying to give us some help here on how to be a well-rounded, mature child of God. Uh, and, and what he talks about here in this text is that what you find is he's giving, us good, he's giving us good principle on how to control our speech. And this is not the first place you read about. For example, in James chapter number 1, verse number 19, very first chapter, you know what he said? He spoke, he spoke to the, the, the recipients and he said this, all of us ought to be swift to hear, slow to speak, huh? slow to wrath. Right? And that's why some clever person, it never dawned on me, some clever person said this, that's why we have two ears and just one tongue. It never dawned on me. Swift to hear, slow to speak. Right? And then in chapter number one, verse number 26, he kind of says this, he implies that words are a clear indicator of our genuine faith. Listen to verse 26. He said, if any man among you seem to be religious, how many of us seem to be religious? Religious? Good for you. And bridleth not his tongue? Woo! How many want to take that hand back down? Here we go. Look here. If any among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain or empty or worthless. 
Huh? I mean, you can, you can speak all the religion you want, but if you can't control your speech, then your religion hasn't helped you much. That's what he's saying there. How about that? And then, of course, in chapter number two, we studied this out a little bit uh, last couple of weeks. He, he says this, our words either shows, you know, that we're partial, we're showing partiality, favoritism, discriminatory. And by the way, that usually comes out of our mouth. And or it proclaims, it proclaims our faith. And here in chapter number three, it's all about you and I understanding that our words carry influence. Are you with me, church? And so this, this message could be maybe a two or three hour message. It won't be because I don't have enough time today to give it to you. But here's what he does. He says this in the next few verses, and we'll look at it briefly. But let me just give you the outline. Can I give you the outline? Here's what he says. Our words carry power. And, and basically he says this, our words have power to give direction. Where's the parents at? Right? Right? Uh, we're not there yet, guys. <laughs> You'll know when I get there. But then I'll yell at you, hey, why don't you flip the slide? Uh, right? Our, our, our words carry power to give. And he gives an illustration here about a horse with a bit in its mouth. Right? And then a ship with, the ru with, with a rudder. Right? I'll highlight that in just a moment. Right? And then, and then he says this mm, about our speech. It carries power. And pay attention right here. Our, our words carry power to cause destruction. Huh? Right? I make, I make a lot of hospital calls as a pastor. I've been doing that for years and years. When I, when I pastored in Florida, I think I spent more time in the hospital on hospital calls than I did at my church, you know, because it's a senior population. And never, ever, Tony, never, ever did I visit anybody that was in the hospital because of a spoken word, you know, but, but there could have been because we're hurt more by words than any other thing in the body of Christ. Words can be destructive. And what he, he gives an illustration here about fire and then wild animals or beasts, right? And then thirdly, he says this, our words carry power uh, to bring to others delight, Right? I mean, did you ever, did you ever been, you've been a, been a blessing to somebody, you just walked by somebody, and man, your whole intention is you're just going to, you're just going to, you know, buoy their spirit, you're going to lift them up. Huh? And, uh, and he, gives the, he gives the illustration of a fountain, fresh water, and then a tree that bears fruit. That's a delight, you know, right? And so James here is giving us some real good instruction. And I think what he's saying is this, it all depends on how we use our words. But our words do carry influence. And our words are powerful. You know how many young people are walking around today with no self-esteem or low self-esteem because somebody told them when they were growing up, you, you can't do anything right. You're not, what, what, what part of the family, where do you come from? You're not like your brother. You're not like your sister. Help me here. Huh? Now, I won't go too far down that line, but you know it's true. And those words have carried some real influence. And we have today young people that have now become adult people that have no, just no, 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 no esteem. They have no self-esteem. They have no get up and go. They feel as if they're failures. Why? Because they believe something that somebody said about them. Help me here. 
So let's, let's just dig in for a few moments. I promise I won't keep you real long, but I want you to notice just a couple of things here in this text. In verses 1 and 2, we already read it, but I want you to notice the power of the spoken word. The power of the spoken word. Again, he addresses leaders, teachers, be not many masters. Do you see that? Now, I get full. Look, look here. I, I understood when I was putting this together this week that verse number one was going to put me right in the spotlight. Why? Because here I am behind the podium opening up my big mouth. And out of it, war. You, are, you, are you aware of that? Are you any idea how many words we speak a day? I mean, just the average person. Me on a Sunday? Holy mackerel. Man, I tell you what, I, I, when I go to bed at night, I have to take my tongue out and put it on the side. It's exhausted by the end of the day. You know? Uh, <clears throat> why is that? See, the primary tool the teacher uses is their words. As James would say, uh, their tongue. And therefore, we had better learn how to control what we say. Amen? A few years ago, Brother Tyler, I happened upon this, and I share this when I do uh, teaching models, modules, and whatnot. I share this threefold standard for effective teaching. If you got a pen, and you're a teacher in this church, anywhere, at a Christian school, you ought to get this down. Let me give you three quick things. Uh, the threefold standard for effective teaching. Number one, do you have something valuable to say? Hello? Huh? Hey, look here. You know, what I, you know what I'm doing this morning? I am preaching and teaching the Word of God. I got something valuable to say. Amen? Threefold standard. Number two, do you know how to say it? <laughs> do you know how to say it? Look here. Uh, if I come down, Quincy, I know where you live. And if I drove down your street, right, and I saw, I saw you know, a bush on the side of your house on fire, right? I wouldn't call you up and say, uh, hey, Quincy, are you in the house? You are? Um, what are you doing? Watching TV? After you're finished the show, you may want to step outside because somebody lit one of your bushes on fire. It's really close to your house and your house might burn down. If you get a chance, go out and check it out. No. Fact is, I knock at his door. Quincy, you in there? Man, somebody just lit. Huh? And so it all depends on what you have to say, on how you ought to say it. And then third thing, third thing is this. Here's the third uh, threefold standard. Do you embody what you have said? Wow. Somebody say, wow. That was weak. Somebody say, wow. wow. So if you're going to teach it, make sure it's, it, 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 it's truth. Make sure you say it in the right way, and make sure you're living it. You know what I love about Acts chapter number 1? It says this, The former trees have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus both began to do and teach. Do and teach. You know what that means, Bob? It means he did it before he taught it. It means before I can help you raise your kids, i got to learn how to raise mine. Before I can teach you how to read the Bible, i got to make sure I'm reading the Bible. Before I can get you to tithe your income, i got to make sure I'm tithing my income. Hello? Are you with me? See, that's, that's teaching. And that's why James says this in verse number 1. Be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation, or we're going to be held accountable unto the Lord for what we say, how we say it. 
and making sure we believe it because the only way to really secure the fact that you believe it is if you, <laughs> if you do it, right? We can say anything, isn't that right? You know? And, and so uh, look at verse number two. I want you to see something here. He says, in many things we offend all. You know what that word offend means in that verse? Any, any idea? It means to stumble. It means to stumble. And, and in other words, what he's saying is this. It, uh, by, by the way, look, look at it again. For in many things we offend all, if any man. So he's talking about everybody now. Right? If any man, look, look at it. If any man offend not in word, what he's saying is this. We all stumble with our words at times. Or, I like this, every once in a while we trip over our own tongue. That's what James is saying there. Ever happened to you? Yeah, and I think he might be a little sarcastic <laughs> in verse number two when he says this, uh, the same as a perfect man. So, if no, if you, look here, if, you, if you've never stumbled, if you've never offended with your tongue, well, you must be a perfect man. Being a little sarcastic. Huh? Right? And I, I know sometimes that's a put off, right, when people are sarcastic. But I, I like it every once in a while, especially when it's not focused toward me, right? Amen. Uh, but, but, but look what happens here. What, he, what he's saying is this. In, in other words, we all offend at times with our words, whether it's intentional or not. Correct? Huh? And so James is trying to help us here. He gives an illustration. Look at verse 3. Now, we've got, we got to go quick now. He says, Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Verse 4, Behold, also the ships, which through, though uh, they be so great... Are, are, are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm or rudder, whithersoever the governor or the captain listeth. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Wow. Power of the spoken word. You know what, you know what he's saying here? Look, listen carefully. He's saying this. Our words carry the ability of being an asset or a liability. You know, in all of life, right, there's assets and liabilities, correct? Huh? When my daughters were, uh, were, were being courted by my sons-in-law, I have three of them, uh, I, I, remember, I remember saying to all three of those girls, uh, we need to make sure we weigh the assets and the liabilities, and if that guy's got more liabilities than assets, he's gone. Say amen right there. Huh? And so what he's saying is this. Our tongue can be an asset or a liability. Can I confess some sin to you right now? Oh, I knew you'd jump on that. <laughs> yeah. This March, March 5th, uh, will mark 35 years of pastoring for me. 35 years. I didn't think I'd last 35 days. Many people didn't think I'd last 35 minutes, 35 years, you know? And God's really blessed. I was, I was up really late last night, and for some reason, God just, I was going through some thoughts here, and God just began to share in my mind uh, the road that he's taking me down from 1988 when I took over uh, the Southside Baptist Church with 35, uh, 17 members, 35 in Sunday school. Man, it was, it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. And you know what? Here, here's, here's what would happen. I, I would see the church grow, and the church really grew. In the first year, we went to 125 in Sunday school. 
by year three, we were 250 in Sunday school. You know, so it was really growing. However, however, it seemed like this. It seemed like I just had to, we just had to keep, we just had to keep growing the church because people were coming in the front door, but they were going out the back door. And you know what I read yesterday? The average church of 100 people per year has to replace 32 people. 32 people a year either go to heaven or move or just leave. 32 a year. And I didn't make that up. I just read a lot. And that came from a ministry, and I won't mention the ministry, but they, do, they just do you know, analytics. And 32 a year. So that means this. If we're running 300 people, man, we're going to have a good every year. People are going to leave out. And, and not all for bad reasons. I mean, it's okay when people go to heaven. I don't want to send them there, but it's okay when they go to heaven. Right? But I said that to say this, and, I'm, I, I, and remember I said I'm going to confess some sin. I mean, this happened over and over, but I can remember my early years of being offensive with my mouth, with my words. And I, 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 I was the kind of preacher early on. I said, hey, listen, if you don't like it here, there's a church for you somewhere else. Just get out of here if you want to. I was that kind of a nutcase. I really was. Now, I wouldn't do that every Sunday, probably twice a month, but <laughs> that's the way it was back in the day. You know, we had no good reason for that because honestly, when you preach like that, what you, what you believe in your heart is that this is your kingdom and it's my way or the highway. Well, that might work in your house, but that doesn't work in God's house. Huh? And, and through the years, I've had to clean up a whole lot of messes that I made because my tongue was a liability, not an asset. Now, listen here, I got to be fair, right? I still get text messages, phone calls, cards and letters from people that say, Pastor Yanizzi, thank you so much for what you taught me. It, it laid a foundation. And, and, and as a result of that, I'm still going strong today. I still have people watching Open Bible Baptist Church right now in, in, in states all over America. You know? Huh? So, I mean, my tongue has been used as an asset, but I'm ashamed to admit that it's also been a liability. Now, I will tell you this. After 35 years, I, I'm starting to learn. <laughs> I'm starting to learn. Yeah, I'm starting to learn. Look what James says in verse 6. <clears throat> he says, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, so is the tongue among our members. He's talking now personally. This is us. That it, that it defiles the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. So know what he's doing right now? Pay attention here. He's making it personal. Now it's becoming personal. And what he's basically saying uh, to us is this. Our words, now pay attention here, our words can be sinful. Not just offensive, but sinful. And you know what that means? Here's the difference. Here's the difference. A uh, sinful word is a word that we have to give an account of. And I don't mean cussing. I don't mean using, you know, foul language. No, I tell you, look here. Every once in a while, when we're somewhere having a cup of coffee... Get it, get it out. Come on, get it out. Come on, get it out. Come on. No, get your hand out. Do this with me. <laughs> you know what that means? Right? We're just chirping away. Huh? And, 
And, man, we're just talking about, you know, those twins there. I tell you what, they don't talk much. You better be careful, man. You might be crossing over a line and really causing sin. And my words, not only personally, but my words may cause you to sin. You need to be careful about that, don't you think? Huh? Remember this, the mature man is able to control his speech, right? You know what Solomon said about our words? Proverbs 18 and verse number 21, Solomon said, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now think about that. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Man, we had better be careful how we use our words. And then let me close up just with a, a glance at verse 9 on down. Look at verse 9. The Bible says, uh, we might as well read verse 8, but the tongue can no man tame. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Look at verse 10. Out of the same mouth proceed a blessing and cursing. Uh, man, brethren, these things ought not so to be. Huh? Right? He backs it up, verse 11, does a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt, water, and fresh. So what's he talking about now? Now he's talking about the potential, the potential of the spoken word. Huh? The potential of the spoken word. And here's, in this text, he reveals the inconsistency, the potential of being inconsistent with our words. And in other words, what he's saying is kind of like this. There are some folk who are just double-tongued, not only double-minded, but double-tongued. You know, we say one thing, you know, one moment and another thing the next. Are you with me? <laughs> and basically what he's saying is that, that that is not a sign of maturity. One, min one minute they're lifting up God, the next minute they're tearing down others. Huh? You know what put me in my place many years ago? 1 John chapter number 4, when it says this, how can you say you love God who you don't see when you don't love your brother or sister who you do see? That'll put you right in your place, won't it? Huh? And James is saying the same thing. How can you bless God out of one side of your mouth, but then down his children out of the other side of your mouth? Don't work that way. Are you with me? And he gives, he gives a lot of examples here, right, that you can study out for yourself and just make common sense. I remember reading this one time about Winston Churchill. No matter what you think about the man, he was a leader. And, and, uh, and there was a woman named Lady Astor. And Churchill and Lady Astor did not like each other. But because of their, their, you know, their so social rankings and whatnot, they often found themselves in the same, in the same environment. Well, on one occasion, uh, Churchill was sitting next to Lady Astor, and Lady Astor looked at him, and she said to Churchill, she said, Sir, if you were my husband, I would put poison in your coffee. And he looked back at her, and without a hesitation, he said, And ma'am, if you were my wife, I'd gladly drink it. Amen. I wasn't sure what tone he used, but a pretty good response, don't you think? <laughs> Amen. But I, I, think, I think it sums up everything right in verse number 10. These things ought not so to be.
Now, I can't, I can't, I can't, and I won't jump on anybody's case because, you know, every time you point the finger, three point back at you, right? And I, too, have been guilty of being in those conversations, you know, where we're saying, well, bless God, I love my church, and right out of there, but that pastor preaches too long. Well, bless God, I love that music program, but... Uh, can I tell you this? It's a major contradiction. Look here. Take this, take this to heart. Everybody, everybody, including this body, needs to vent. Right? Come on, man. We all have to vent. Right? Can I give you some, can I give you some counsel? Can I give you good guidelines? Make sure you vent to the right person at the right time. Help me here. Because when you're out in a public arena, arena and you're venting and somebody else hears you, that doesn't look real good on you. Hello? Huh? Did you go to church yesterday? Yeah, I went to church yesterday. Same old thing. Preacher gets up and just preaches and, you know, same old music. They throw hymns in with contemporary songs. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And you know what that person's thinking? Well, why do you go to that church? Well, you really love it. It's just the, the, the preacher got all over you. Huh? Because next week you might be saying, oh, we got the greatest church in the world. You know, Pastor patted me on the back from the pulpit. Somebody say, you're helping me. I'm trying to help you. Help me. Yeah. Amen. And so these things ought not so to be. You know what Jesus said, and I'm finished. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 15. Flash it, guys, if you would. Those things, but those things which, which proceed out of the mouth come from the what? From the heart. So, the, the wise man Solomon said, keep your heart with all diligence. Keep the heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. In other words, what comes out of your mouth originated in your heart. Right? And I was kidding around the other evening on Wednesday night in Bible study, and I say every once in a while, you know, you say something to somebody because you're, you're angry, you're upset, and then you come back and say, oh, I, I, I didn't mean it. Sure you did. Sure you meant it. In fact, if you can get away with it, you tell them really how you feel. Say amen right there. Yeah, you'd have never said it if it wasn't in your heart. You were thinking it. And so, you said it. So what do we do, preacher? Get your heart right. Get your heart right. And if there's something in your heart towards someone else, if there's something in your heart that shouldn't be there, then you just deal with it. Because if it's not in there, it can't come out of here. Isn't that right? You know, before I got saved, Raji, I got saved when I was 19. So before I got saved, I lived. It was 19 years I lived on earth before I got saved. Hello. And although I was an altar boy, I wasn't an altar boy. How many know what I mean by that? Huh? You know what I mean by that? Huh? And so guess what? Uh, I used to play organized sports, and I'm very competitive. And so every once in a while, playing organized sports, foul language would come out of my mouth. Yeah. And I, I don't mean, I don't mean uh, something like, boy, I hate you. I mean, let it rip. You know? And I'm not going to blame the sailor or the truck driver, but, man, I'll tell you what. Huh? I wasn't much better. Andrew, I got saved. You know, God begins to clean things up. When he called me to preach, can, can I tell you one of my greatest fears when he called me to preach? That I would slip. 
and get so, because shoot, sometimes, I don't know if you've really ever seen me preach at Animated where I'm almost falling off the platform, but I, years ago, I used to get so animated, you know, and I, you know, and I was, early on, I was afraid that I would, you know, cuss somebody out. You know, you frickety, frackety, frickety, frackety, you ought to go soul winning, you know. But you know what? 35 years. Really preaching almost, almost 38 years. Never happened one time. Never have one time. Yeah. Now, it may happen next week, but it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. You know why that is, Raj? Because it ain't in there no more. It's not in me. Oh, I, I hear it. I told you a couple weeks ago, I walked into a Wawa, and, and I was in Pensalkin. In fact, Donna was in the hospital. I went to the Wawa to get a cup of coffee, and man, I walked in, this guy is just waxing eloquent with every four-letter word you can think of. And I just walked by him. Every once in a while, I didn't just want to just jump on somebody. So I want you to just shut up already. And I did, and I just went and got my coffee. But I heard it. I heard it. I, these aren't virgin ears. Your kids are going to hear it. You know, but if you teach them not to let it in, it won't come out. Say amen right there. So what do you do? You guard your heart and you say, Lord, help me become more mature in my speech. Be careful, little tongue. Right? Just a small member, but it carries great authority, great influence, great power. Amen? Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.